Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And this particular episode is a special Father's Day edition with my two guests, Marcus Cotton and Dr. Charles Lewis. We will discuss what Father's Day means to you, what was it like when you first found out you were going to be a dad, and how you will react once you become an empty nester. The truth be told, in this particular episode, we did have an issue with Marcus's microphone. He's coming in lower than myself and Dr. Charles Lewis. However, I did not want to redo the episode just simply because I thought the content was worth the slight indiscretion. In addition to that, Dr. Charles Lewis has a book that is available called 28 Black History Makers. So it's available wherever books are sold. So if you have an opportunity, pick that up and enjoy. With that being said, we will begin the podcast. Welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. As I said earlier, we're going to talk everything about Father's Day. Now, one of the things that's pretty interesting about Father's Day is some people, we celebrate it, but a lot of people don't really know where it began or what its origins were. So basically what, it, what Father's Day is, is just a celebration of honoring fathers and paternal bonds and basically what the influence that fathers have on society. Now, if you want to figure out when it began or when it started, you can look it up, but it's pretty straightforward. Mother's Day actually occurred before Father's Day, and Mother's Day started, dates back to when they started doing individual celebrations all the way back to the 1860s. Mother's Day became a national holiday in 1914. As far as Father's Day is concerned, Father's Day goes back to about 1908. There was a church in West Virginia that held a sermon to honor over 360 men who were killed in a coal mining accident. That was the first event ever honoring fathers in the country, and it only lasted for that year. However, two years later, there was a woman named Sonora Smart Dodd who started a movement to establish Father's Day as a national holiday. She was one of six children being raised by a single dad. Now, if you want to guess which state was the first state to actually have an official Father's Day, it was the state that she came from. It was the state of Washington, and that was on June 19, 1910. However, Father's Day did not become a national holiday until 1972. So it took a very long time before it became a national holiday. Now, in the 20s and 30s, Father's Day and Mother's Day, there was a movement to merge both days together and just call it a paternal day. But it never came to fruition. So we do have a separate Mother's Day, which is in May, and a separate Father's Day, which is in June. So with that being the case, I'm going to introduce, I am fortunate enough to have two guests here to talk about Father's Day and what is it like being a father. The first guest is sitting right next to me here, and his name is Mr. Marcus Cotton. Thanks for having me, bro. All right. Now, Marcus wasn't aware of this or didn't know this or not, but I had wanted Marcus to be a regular on the show. <laughs> if he remembers, I did talk to him about it before, but yes. he's been so busy. He is our teen pastor at the church that we go to. So 
he's kind of very busy. So I figured if I can get him on the show at least once and see if he likes it, I may be able to get him on a lot more often after that. So we'll see. Sounds good. <laughs> and, and on the phone, we have someone very special to me. It is my pastor, Dr. Charles Lewis. You did? You did, Mr. Pastor Lewis? Yes. All right. Pastor Lewis, just to let you know, Pastor Lewis uh, is the one, the, the pastor that baptized me. That's why I say he's very special to me. So I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to go to his church on a, uh, every, every Sunday. You know, we try to get there as every Sunday as we can, unless we're out of town or something like that. So I enjoy being a member of the church. So we're going to get into some of the questions here really quick, and we're going to start talking about it. But all three of us are fathers, so we're going to just explain some of our experiences a little bit as we go along. But the first question I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask uh, Marcus here who's sitting next to me. I'm just going to ask you, what does Father's Day mean to you? Uh, Father's Day means a lot. Um, it is, uh, for me, uh, especially when I was uh, younger, uh, I, I never imagined myself being a father, really. Uh, you know, I just never had that desire. But when uh, my son was born and that first Father's Day came around, it kind of hit me like, oh, man, it's a day, you know, to celebrate you as well and the influence that you have uh, over his life. As time has went on, uh, Father's Day has meant so much more to me because I realized uh, the impact that I have on their life. So it means a lot. Great. Pastor Lewis, same question. What does Father's Day mean to you? Father's Day is a very special day for me. Uh, my father was killed when I was three years old, so I have no memory of my father. But uh, when I was about five years old, uh, I was walking to the store with my mom and two of my siblings. Um, we lived out in the country. And... Um, she whispered a prayer uh, as we were walking, but I, I, I heard her, and she, uh, she asked God to allow the man who owned the store to allow her to get some things on credit. And uh, as a result of hearing her, uh, actually overhearing her pray and, and God answering that prayer, uh, I asked God to be my father. So uh, the Bible talks about a father for the fatherless. So I know about that. I can, I can talk about uh, God being, being a father for the fatherless because he has been that for me. They are, there are people that I know, places that I have gone that I would not have experienced had it not been for my heavenly father. So, for me, Father's Day is a celebration of God as my father, and uh, it's it's uh, one of the best days of the year for me. That's that's really good, incredible story. Yeah, that's that's incredible, um, Pastor Lewis. I, I tell people, well, I've mentioned this to people before, but I I don't know if you remember our very first conversation, but I messed your name up. If you can remember when I called. I called you on the phone. It was a long time ago, probably about 10 years ago. And yeah. you said, who? 
And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say it? And we were talking and I was just explaining to you how, you know, we were thinking about having another child, but we were both getting older. And you had mentioned to me that your wife had a child at age 50. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, We have uh, a total of five children. And so we had four children and we had uh, considered ourselves as having finished. (laughs) Um, So we had, uh, we had two boys and two girls. So I went out of town and I had a speaking engagement. And when I got back in town, my wife said, uh, you might want to sit down. (laughs) And so I sat down and uh, she showed me the results of a pregnancy test and said that I'm pregnant. And so uh, I didn't say anything. Uh, I was dumbfounded. <laughs> I uh, I uh, I went to the bedroom and I went to bed. <laughs> and, and so uh, we were, you know, fifty years old, and uh, that was just—it uh, was a shock uh, to me. I can imagine. <laughs> uh, but uh, but the results, our, our son. Uh, to Maine is such a blessing. And so all of our children have a family name, which is their first name. Then they have a biblical Greek name, which is their middle name and the name that all of them go by. And so his name uh, means noble and he's been a noble kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Marcus, what about your story pertaining to your children? Can you elaborate on yours? Uh, when I found out uh, that uh, I was going to be a father, uh, I was uh, in Fort Gordon, Georgia. Okay. Uh, me and my wife, we were in uh, AIT together, and she was feeling sick one day, so we went to sick hall together. And I sat up front, and she went back to see the nurse. And after about 20 minutes, she texts me, baby. And it was like capital B, capital A, capital <laughs> B, capital okay. Y, an exclamation. And you know how, you know, husband and wife call each other baby all the time. And I really never thought anything about it. I said, hey, what's going on, babe? You know, I text her back and she came out with this slip of paper. And uh, she was, you could just see it uh, in her body language that she was kind of in shock a little bit. Sure. And so we walked outside and she handed me the, the sick slip that we always have to turn in uh, when we come back from sick hall. And uh, it said that she was pregnant. Wow. And I was ecstatic. I, I was so excited um, wow. because I understood that one, uh, we could take care of him or her who didn't know at the time. And so we celebrated on the sidewalk uh, in Fort Gordon, Georgia, our first, you know, child. And so we were married for about a month at that time. Wow. And so it was early on in our marriage uh, when we found out 
uh, that she was pregnant. So um, we were excited. That's that's good. I remember just mine first when I when I flash back to the first. But let me just go back when when Pastor Lewis told me that story about his wife having a baby at fifty. His reaction was a little bit different than mine when my wife was in her early forties and gave me the same news. And (laughs) when, when, when my wife told me I was in the bedroom and she came home and she told me, you're not going to believe this, but I am pregnant. And the reason why I didn't think she was is because she had taken a test, a home test and it was negative. And oh, so, wow. yeah, mm-hmm. I told her, I said, I told you you're not. I know what I'm talking about. So, but she went to the doctors because she said she just felt different. She went to the doctors and got the official test. And I almost passed out. I literally, my <laughs> knees buckled. <laughs> so, so I was like, wait a minute here. But what I, what I flashed back to is Pastor Lewis's wife prayed for us to have another child. And all everything kind of lined up perfectly for that to happen. And what was really scary about it is uh, my wife had was in between jobs at the time. And we we were, you know, we were, you know, it was a rough time, rough period a little bit financially. But then she was able to get hired in about six weeks and got another job. But mm-hmm. when she got the second job, that's when we kind of found out that she was gonna be a mother again so it was just a, <laughs> yeah. it was a shock for both of us so one thing I, the next question I want to ask is I want us to when we talked about being a, a father kind of for the first time the next thing is the next question I want to ask is what do you think especially in modern times today how things are a little bit different what do you think a father's role is in raising the children. I'm going to start with you, Pastor Lewis. What do you think a father's role is in today's society as pertaining to raising a child? Well, I, I believe that uh, according to the scripture that the, the father has a leading role in, uh, in seeing after the children in, in, in the sense of the Bible instructs fathers to bring their children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Oftentimes fathers relegate that to the mothers, uh, but the, the fathers should have uh, a leading role, actually the leading role in doing that. I see that happens a lot uh, in, in Middle Eastern culture. Uh, the boys are with their fathers and, and uh, they, in some ways, are serving like an apprentice. They're learning. They're being with the father. And so the father has a leading role. And it's those young, young years. Uh, so much happens between uh, birth and three years old. Uh, so many things are formed in, in those early years. And so it's important for both parents uh to instill in the children the basics, but the father has a leading role, and um, he should be doing that early on. Uh, when a, when a child is about five years old, uh, so much of what he is going to be and do has already been impressed upon him, and so. Uh, Having a leading role rather than 
uh, standing in the background. Absolutely. Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of what Pastor Lewis said, I believe that was from Ephesians 6, um, that, you know, it is our responsibility to lead, to be the lead in raising the children. And so raising them up uh, in, in discipline, right? And, and so if, if we're going to raise them up in discipline, we must be disciplined ourselves. And so if we're not disciplined ourselves, we're raising them up to really not serve the Lord the way that the Lord wants to be served, not putting all those uh, kingdom principles uh, into practice in our own daily life. Uh, we are really cheating our children out of a great relationship with the Lord, also bringing them up uh, uh, in instruction. And so showing them how things are done, that, so, so, like with me and my son, uh, you know, whooping them doesn't work consistently. You get what I'm saying? Gotcha. Like that, that just that just doesn't uh, work. But if you could sit down and have an open line of communication with your with I have all sons, so I'm gonna say sons, yes. but, but daughters as well, um, and showing them, hey, you know, you should have did this in this part of life. You know, in your finances, this is what you should have doing right or before they even start to get their first job hey you know you want to save 20 percent, correct right you want to uh look to uh for me uh invest in the stock market right you you want to uh help them out with uh relationships like hey you know every relationship you're not going to make it right so some relationships though you will so you know don't uh get so angry at your friend right now that you hate them Gotcha. You gotcha. want them to, uh, uh, you know, nurture them and, and, and give them instructions in, in all of their relationships in life, rather money sure. people. Sure, so, so like a, a positive reinforcement right. type of a thing. You know, I did an episode when, when Pastor Lewis was talking, I did an episode called Dad's Impact on Their Children's Lives. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when Pastor Lewis, you said about age five, I had kind of pushed it down, I mean, up a little bit to about age seven or eight. And the, and the only reason why I said that was, and when I say pushed up, I mean, I'm talking about, I, what I said on the episode was that our role becomes more, much more significant at that point because now the child isn't in a situation where it's dependent as much on mom. So yeah. I, I considered basically the first five, six years as sort of foundation years. And it's just because mom is so paramount in those early, in the early stages. Now, even though now in today's society, men, you know, help out a lot too. But once yeah. the child reaches that, that age, a little bit older, that that's when we kind of take over. And, you know, it's more of like, a, you know, it's not something we just go and say, I'm taking over right now. It's just more something that occurs naturally. So I figured around that age where our, our role becomes very very important and, and it does can and for a son and a daughter it can literally shape how they live the life the rest of their lives yeah that's important when i was in seminary i i took a course called the christian home and the professor uh said something that made a lot of sense then uh, i didn't have any children at the time but i have employed it uh in, in, in our home. And what he said is that, that in the home, things are better caught than taught. 
And so yes. modeling for the children, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, a person feels that they must have uh, a family devotion where they drill the children and all of this. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if, if you live before the children in a consistent way, they pick up that. They, they began to uh, live by the principles that you live by. And so when you, when you have those family devotions, but you are not living according to what you are teaching them, they tend to react against that. Absolutely. So in the home, I agree with uh, the, the professor that things are better caught than taught. That's a very good point. I, I always say that, you know, boys tend to learn through imitation, meaning they look at their dads and they kind of, you know, copy or mimic the behavior where girls tend to learn more from relationships. So they see how dad interacts in a relationship with their mother. And that's kind of what they pick up and take to them as they become adults. So one example I had given a while back is when I, about six years ago when I had the arthroscopic knee surgery and I was on crutches for six weeks, I had, once I got off the crutches, I was starting to walk again, but I was walking with a noticeable limp because all of my, the muscles in and around my knee were, you know, they, they hadn't, they would, they go away when you don't use them basically. So yeah, it would, it hurt a little bit when I first started walking. So like literally two days later, I saw my, my son uh, was walking around the house and he was limping. <laughs> so I said, to, I just asked him, I says, uh, what's wrong with your leg? Why, why are you limping? And he said, oh, I just heard it playing basketball. Like, like very nonchalantly, just, he just threw that out there. <laughs> but I just remember he was just looking at us thinking about he was just copying me, basically. Yeah, he was limping because you were limping. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's really good, man. Uh, kind of the same thing happened with me with Marcus Jr., where, uh, you know, I have uh, asthma. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it bothers me. And he told his mom one day, I want to have asthma just like my dad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, so um, they, they really, you know, they just have that natural desire to be like us. Which Absolutely. Is, which is uh, a really good thing. Absolutely. Thing. Next question I'm just going to ask real quick is how do you think you will feel when your last child moves out of the house? We'll start with you, uh, Pastor Lewis. Well, uh, a lot of people talk about the empty nest. Uh, since we had uh, a child really late in life, it seems like the empty nest is uh, far away. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is even farther. But, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> he's he is a joy, uh, but uh, we have an enter into different. Uh, seasons in life and um, I believe that that would be a a, a different season and so it's a time where I think my wife and I uh, would uh, do more things together Uh, oftentimes uh, life is somewhat centered around the children and so uh, I think we sort of re-enter a season that was similar for us before we had children. Absolutely. We were, we were married 
for five years before we had children. And we have the, the blessing of having adopted a child as well. And so we have uh, four biological children and one adopted child. And so, uh, again, we were married uh, and enjoyed each other before the children came along. And uh, I think empty nest provides uh, an opportunity to, in some way, uh, return to that phase. Great. Great. Marcus, what about you? What, what are you going to do when that last child is moved out of the house? Panic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. You know as a young father, uh, understanding that I got a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 7-year-old, I really don't know how I'm going to feel. I want them to be prepared for the world. I want them to be prepared for trouble that, that's sure. going to come their way so that they can make good decisions. And if I feel that they're ready for that, I'll be feeling confident when, when they leave out of the door to go to college or to go to the military or just moving out of the house. Sure, so. sure. Uh, the, the last question I'm going to ask is what suggestions or advice would you give a new father pertaining to raising children? And Pastor Lewis, we'll start with you. What, what, it, what basically, what advice would you give to a, a new father about raising children? I would uh, say to him, don't underestimate the first uh, five years. Uh, so much is, is instilled uh, within a child in the early years. So uh, those years count and don't underestimate them. And uh, a second thing would be what I mentioned just a while ago. Uh, that would be in the home, things are better caught than taught. So make sure that you're a good example uh, before your children. That's a good point there. What about you, Marcus? Great point. I would say for a new father, I would tell him to put God first. Absolutely. The scriptures tell us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And if you do that and you get instruction from the Lord, you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to raise a child, just like Pastor Lewis has, has spoken about, that caught you praying, that caught you serving, that, that caught you treating their mother the right way, that caught you reading, Absolutely. that caught you studying the word. And so for all the new fathers, put God first. It's going to work out for you. Great. My advice, well, I'm going to go back just basically to say when my last child moves out the house, what would, how will I feel? I want to say I would feel relieved, but I think I'm going to also feel probably a little sad because they've been, you know, around all the, that time. And so it's, it's one of those things where I want, I want them to go out and, you know, create their own path. But 
I'm so hands-on, I almost want to go with them. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to kind of separate it a little bit. So for me, that would be a little bit hard. And as for what I would suggest for a new father is one word, and that is patience, because <laughs> your children are going to do things that you're not going to figure. It's, it's just the nature of children. They, that Some of the things that they do, and they will, there's just, you have to understand that this is just what children do. And yeah. it's, if you can develop that patience. And one thing that's good is if you have a good church family and you can share different ideas back and forth, that will help. And is having a mentors, especially when it comes to parenting, it's having somebody that has done it before you is, 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 is paramount to me as a, a new father, yeah. because they can really, really help you when you, when you say, Hey, my son or daughter did this or is doing this, you know, you can get some, some good advice or input from somebody else who might've went through something very, very similar with that particular child or with their particular child. So I always think that I always thought that, that if you develop the patience and you have good leadership or mentors who can, you can lean on when something like that happens or something's going a little off track and you want to get advice from them, there's, there's nothing wrong with that as far as I'm concerned. So I would say definitely take advantage of it if you can. Yeah. So with that being said, we are about to wrap up the show here. This is a special Father's Day episode, and we will release it um, probably the day before Father's Day, which would be that Saturday. And I really, really want to thank Pastor Lewis. I, Pastor Lewis, I'm going to be very honest with you. I was very, I was scared to ask you to come on the show because I thought, you, I thought you might say, "Oh no." <laughs> so I said, that "I gathered gathered up enough courage to walk up to you after church on Sunday," and your, your answer was so good. You just said, of, "Of course, yeah, sure," and it was just like, "Did he say yes?" <laughs> oh, it's it's my honor. I really, thank really, you for asking me. I really appreciate it. And Marcus, I've been wanting to get you on here, but now. How do you feel now that you tried it for the first time? You ready to come back again? Yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. Love the setup and everything. You know, we tech guys. So oh, absolutely. Just to let you out, everyone know Marcus got me doing the audio. Now he's training me to do video too. I was like, wait a minute here, but he got me doing audio and video. So he's helping me out as well. So he's going to be my technical guy whenever I have a problem or no problem. a glitch in the system. Just to let everyone know, the website is up and running. It is available. It's been up for approximately two weeks. There will be a link in the show notes to go onto the website. Now, when you go onto the website, you can leave a written review. You can get put on an email list. All you have to do is leave your name and email address. And by doing that, the advantage you will get is you will know two days in advance when the next, what the next episode will be about. In addition, if you want to leave a voice recording, you'll see a microphone in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. All you have to do is click on that microphone, hit the start recording button, and you can leave a voice message right from your, your phone if you want. And that voice message, if depending on what you're talking about, could be used in a future episode. So with that being said, I want to say thank you to my two guests, Dr. Charles Lewis and Marcus Cotton. And with all of that being said, I will bid everyone a good night.